Hello and welcome to Dipsomania, the podcast about booze and cocktail culture. I'm Jake, and in this episode, Lance and I are shaking up daiquiris and exploring our feelings about rum. Unfortunately, we've suffered some technical troubles in the recording, so the start and the end of this one are a bit rough. We hope you'll enjoy anyway. It's the day of technical difficulties. Mercury must be in retrograde or something, because I couldn't hear, and then I couldn't talk, and... And I've got this fancy schmancy new iMac with the retina screen and all that shit. But I guess that has nothing to do with audio. That's just no, that's just looking, looking pretty. Looking at the pretty pictures. Um, where were we going? Well, we should talk a little about about a little bit about the uh, daiquiri, <laughs> right? Yes. What? So, what do you know about it? I don't even know what the word means. I don't either. I, I've actually been reading about the daiquiri. And nobody has said what the word is. Where it, where it comes from or, or or the origin? Well, it's originated in Cuba. It is a Cuban drink. Um, it's sort of accredited to an American mining engineer in 1896. His name was Jennings Cox. Oh, good name. Yeah. Jennings. Jennings yeah. Cox. Um. That's probably debatable. He was probably more likely, you know, the first person to write it down. Mm -hmm. More than likely somebody at a bar Jennings was at made it for him and he liked it. So he's like, what's the recipe? And then (laughs) he got all the credit. Uh, It's progenitors are, you know, sugar, rum and lime is kind of a basis for all sorts of things. Uh, including Navy Grog to keep the British Royal Navy from having scurvy. Mm-hmm. That was just lime juice, sugar, rum, it's, and water. It's my favorite excuse for drinking, frankly. And then, yeah, so it's it's definitely a Cuban drink. It should be made with Cuban rum, so you're doing really well. Um, and it should be made with a light rum, like white or nearly white. Which I'm I'm not doing at all. I have very aged rums. Yeah, I I generally don't like the white. Like I'm not I'm not a fan of the white tequila. I hate white whiskey. Oh yeah. I was at a bar um, Monday or Tuesday of this must have been Tuesday because Monday was a holiday, and uh, I was lamenting to the bartender how much I dislike white uh, whiskey. And he and he was a fan. So he gave me a, t- a taste of his favorite one, and l- it was literally to me like drinking lighter fluid. It had yeah. no character, no right. taste, and he it's, was disappointed. It's moonshine. That, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, it's just moonshine, which is not like a quality drink. That's that's a drink that serves a purpose. Um. Yeah. So I don't have any. Uh, I don't. I. I don't have any white rums either. I assume that they taste. More sugary and less less uh, funky, less uh, stanky. Yeah, I think it's less stank and it's just more crisp. Like it's a it's a crisp, clean flavor. So I think you're tasting a, a more pure sort of lime and sugar situation. And neither one of us is doing a frozen daiquiri. Have you? Do you do frozen daiquiris? Uh, never. Ne- never. Do you do frozen margaritas? Mm, hardly ever. And I, I do do, like, margaritas with crushed ice. Do-do. You, know. <laughs> you said do-do. Yes. Uh, so I'm looking at the Wikipedia, and it says that daiquiri is the name of a beach. Oh. And the name of an iron mine near Santiago de Cuba, and is a word of, I'm going to say this wrong, Taino origin. Uh, Taino is an indigenous people of the Caribbean and Florida, because I clicked on that link and mm-hmm. read that very quickly. And I see also Jennings Cox uh, mentioned here. Jennings and, Stockton Cox. And, and according to Wikipedia, originally, the drink was served in a tall glass that was packed with cracked ice. You would put a teaspoon of sugar over the ice and then the juice to help the sugar melt. And then pour two to three ounces of rum <laughs> over that. Stir with a long handled spoon until the glass gets frosty. And then drink that sucker. Wow. That sounds good. I would certainly yeah. do that if I had cracked ice, which I don't. 
So I'm looking at this article on Eater.com about, you know, the daiquiri as their Cocktails 101 series. And uh, right here it says, But in the name of all that is holy, do not make your daiquiri with gold rum or dark rum. So, Oops. Oopsie. Oh, well. Okay, I just I just also found a recipe for an avocado daiquiri. <laughs> um, mm. I so don't... This, it's at Imbibe, and the reason I found it was it was one of the variations mentioned on the Wikipedia article. Of only three variations of the daiquiri, the avocado daiquiri was one. Now, that's crazy. That, and this looks, That feels like a plant. This looks really like a lot, though. It's two ounces of silver rum plus two ounces more of gold rum. Jeez. A quarter of an avocado, a half ounce of half and half. A quarter ounce of lemon juice, a quarter ounce of lime juice, two more ounces of simple syrup. Wow! How many? How many does this is make? Is this like a punch? <laughs> uh, drag two straws and make a series of pomegranate hearts. Serve for this for one person apparently six a six ounce drink. Really? And you blend it. It looks like baby food or the other part of the baby. <laughs> All right. It does not look like something I want to... I can't even imagine drinking. I don't think you can drink it. It looks too thick and... I'm making all kinds of faces. Thank God you, you're only listening to this because it just... It does not... I don't understand this. So just to f- finish the we're making our drinks completely wrong thought... Yeah, yeah. Um, so apparently... Which is not unusual. So apparently if you use Jamaican rum, you've made planter's punch in a cocktail coupe. If you use Martinique Agricole, it's tea punch on the stem. Like, you're just not making daiquiris, apparently. But I am, because mine's Cuban. So there, but it's not white. So I'm making an, I'm also making a variation of a daiquiri. <sighs> yeah. But I'm, I'm calling it a daiquiri. It's rum, it's, it's lime, it's sugar. The other, so banana daiquiris. I've had a strawberry daiquiri. Sure. Uh, I, I guess you can, can you do like, Orange or gray? I guess you can do anything daiquiri-ish, as long as it's the rum and the and the well, sugar. And- yeah, but now you're moving into the territory of like the slushy machines on Bourbon Street. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is every kind of daiquiri. Yeah, and I don't think those are. Yeah, they they're they're basically the downfall of the drink, right? And then people like Sasha Petrosky came back and like, no, a daiquiri is just booze, lime, and sugar. You know. Keep it simple, folks. <clears throat> um, and again, back to Wikipedia, they're claiming that uh, the basic recipe for a daiquiri is similar to a, to grog, which the British uh, sailors drank in from the 1740s onward. Uh, daily grog, according to the Royal Navy, was rum, water, three-quarter ounces of lemon or lime, and two ounces of sugar. Lots of sugar. Keep your that energy up. Tons of sugar. I can't even imagine. That takes a lot of shaking. We might. I might try it. Why not? What? I'm gonna, I, cause I, well, I've got the Cuban rum. I've got lime juice. I have Demerara sugar, so it's kind of like old-fashioned-y sugar. Right? Why wouldn't I try it? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do anything for our audience. I'm I'm here for you. You, you are definitely willing to sacrifice yourself for the mm-hmm. pleasure of our listeners. I've also got strawberries. If somebody wants, just write in right right in now. <laughs> Since we're li- we're live, and let me know what I should do. There's also the notion of the daiquiri timeout, which I kind oh. of like. What? Uh, explain. So, the idea of the daiquiri timeout is you make a daiquiri shot, and you you take that shot just to sort of disconnect and calm down after a stressful situation. So, all right. When uh, Sasha Petrosky died, mm-hmm. everybody paid tribute to him by having a daiquiri night in, yep. in bars across the world. I think we had our own. We had our own here. We didn't go out. Yeah. It, it's, so daiquiri timeout. It's a fun notion because you can actually build a tiny little shot out of the component parts of a daiquiri really easily. Uh-huh. I'm also I'm also reading about a, a mulata, a daiquiri mulata, uh, which uh, adds 
coffee. Oh, interesting. So they, they say you can either use actual coffee or Kahlua. Mm-hmm. Kahlua would make it, again, much sweeter, sweeter. I would think. Yeah. <clears throat> but then you could skip adding sugar. Like, you could just use Kahlua as the sweetener. Oh, God, I hate... Okay, can I just... I think we've covered this before, but, man, I hate age checks on liquor sites. Yeah. It's I, stupid. I, I don't see the point of that at all. I, I'm, is it a law, or do they just do it because everybody does it? I don't know, Nobody because, knows. like, no, European no. sites do it, too. So this this article, which is from May of this year on Eater, um, says that the Daiquiri timeout shot has usurped the Frenet Branca shot as the bartender's unofficial handshake. Huh. Which you and I know has been usurped even more so by the Ferrari shot. The Ferrari, which you introduced me to, and I'm, I'm forever grateful for that one. The other one is uh, an old rose daiquiri, uh, which features strawberry syrup, two teaspoons of sh- again, two teaspoons of sugar, and lime juice. They really like it sweet. That seems like a lot of sugar. I'm going to give it a shot. A teaspoon, a teaspoon is not that much. Eh, okay. All right. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna see the other one. Yeah, that's true. The other one was two ounces of sugar. Yeah, I wonder that's, if that's crazy town. I wonder if that's wrong. Where did they get that from? <laughs> that was to fight off scurvy. Yeah, uh, that, that's the navy grog. Like that, you were drinking out of a jug, I think. So it was probably basically like hummingbird feed with booze in it. Um, and then it says it was a common drink, and as soon as ice became available, that was included instead of water. Right, makes sense. How are you doing on your daiquiri? I just finished. I did two. Should we go for round two? I know it's quick. No, I think we're good. And uh, I actually have a few that I'd like to try. So if we go for three, we, we're, okay. we're, we're ten- trending on three these days. So We are. And it's, I mean, it's early, early days. Uh, I don't know about you, but it's, it's humid and sticky here. It's, so ki- this- it's kind of warm. Yeah. It's a. This is great. This is perfect. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna try the weird, uh, big, big chunk of rum, big chunk of sugar, lemon, uh, 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 lime thing here. I think that needs to go in a tumbler with like cracked ice or something, and not, <laughs> not, not in a coop. Just a. All right. Um, All right. I'll. I'll see what I can do. I am going to play around with the idea of the daiquiri number three, which is often mislabeled the Hemingway daiquiri. Mm-hmm. And that's going to have some grapefruit juice and maraschino liqueur. Here we go. All right. Hmm. All right, all right. How'd you do? I'm not sure yet. Looks nice. Oh, very nice. So I did... Um... Cheers. Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> Whoa! You gonna make it through that? Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is one ounce of Bacardi One Fifty One. Oh, one yeah, one <laughs> ounce of of Bacardi Select. So it's a Bacardi with Bacardi. Uh huh. Which I didn't even again. I didn't know I had. I so <laughs> I was digging way in the back where the Bacardi where I knew where the Bacardi One Fifty One was, and right next to it. A bottle of Bacardi Select, sure. Which, again, I'm going to say that I've had at least 20 years because it has a Vermont price tag <laughs> on it, and I haven't lived there in quite some time. Right. Uh, so these are aged, <laughs> well aged rums, bottle and aged, I, and the, yes, bottle aged rums. And then I, it's got the sugar and the lime, and in this case, I should have added more lime. Hmm. And does this have the massive quantities of sugar? It, the rum is really overwhelming things. <laughs> I think it's the one, the one, 151 is like stunt rum, right? Yeah. You don't do, you can't use it. For well, stuff. Th- that's the crazy thing about the Hamilton that I have, because it actually does have like flavor on top of being gasoline. The, the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, this... So if I, whenever I want to get shit faced, this is what I'm going to drink from now on. Mm. Like, I and it, I have to say, mostly I don't want to get shit faced, but 
occasionally you do. And I think having a bottle of Bacardi 151 around is... Yeah. So... Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I feel like I feel like one of those people who never drinks. <laughs> <laughs> and then you hand them a cocktail and they're like, ooh, this tastes like liquor. <clears throat> oh, man. I I might I'll I'm gonna dive in I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it but whoa that is a lot of drink you you might be sloppy by the end of this episode I might very well <laughs> I can, it's already like it's opening that paper umbrella in my head nice so I I uh, as is my tradition I totally fucked up my second drink um, I was going <laughs> I was going for a daiquiri number three which is like I said often referred to as the Hemingway daiquiri. Um, classic recipe, I think, is two ounces white rum, an ounce of fresh lime juice, three-quarter ounce simple syrup, and then a little bit of maraschino, and then also tiny amount of grapefruit juice, fresh. Oh, okay. That sounds nice. So, Very refreshing. But you said you messed it up. Yeah, I, well, and that is also meant to be served on, like, crushed ice in a tumbler. Mm. So... I used this amazing uh, Plantation Jamaican Grand Cru rum, which is yeah. aged 12 years, 10 years in Jamaica in uh, bourbon barrels, and then shipped to France and aged for two years in Pierre Ferrand casks. Yeah. <laughs> so, fancy-dancy Jamaican rum. Nice. Um, I did the lime juice, the, I used rich, simple syrup, I did the grapefruit juice, and then I, instead of doing the maraschino, I used the Giffard uh, creme de pomplamousse, so the, their grapefruit liqueur, mm -hmm. and it's actually a pretty good drink, like I'm happy with it. So I went to, I had to go visit the Bacardi site to see, and they, apparently neither one of these rums, either they don't make them anymore? <laughs> <laughs> or they're not available here anymore or something uh oh wait i did i clicked the wrong link that was featured rums i didn't see all rums well the 151 you bought in puerto rico i did i remember buying it in puerto rico we went on a tour which was actually if you go to puerto rico it's worthwhile to do the bacardi tour it's really nice and the bacardi family was a cuban family that escaped communism and fled to Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. And their site is kind of sucky because it takes a long time for anything to load. Wow. So do a little dance, make a little love while I'm waiting for this thing. <laughs> um, I wish I had crushed ice because I think that would also... I used to have um, one of those stupid, silly, retro grinding, like right. uh, handle crushed ice things. And again, I, I used it, what, twice, maybe? Yeah. And I, But you've got the, you've got the sack and the mallet. I do. I have the Lewis bag and the big wooden mallet, which is so <laughs> satisfying to use. Or as I call it, the sack and the hammer. Sack and hammer. Yeah, I should. I should probably invest. It's, I mean, it's a, it is a sack and a hammer, but I, I think in this in this particular case, it would have been perfect. Well, and uh, the the sacks themselves are like even from Cocktail Kingdom. I think they're like seven bucks a piece, so you can load up on a few of them because you will blow holes in them because. Sma <laughs> smashing on ice cubes in a canvas bag doesn't treat the canvas very well. Sure. And anytime you take a hammer to a sack of anything, you're you're risking danger. There are going to be repercussions. I tried slamming my I had a giant cube that I tried slamming into smaller cubes uh with the with the you know the unworking end of my my bartender spoon. Mhm. Mm but it went everywhere. It just well, it yeah. shatters. Shatters like glass. That that's that's a learned skill. A Hold the cube in the sink to... Uh, well, I was near the sink. Like, if you hold it in the sink, then that calms down some of the shrapnel. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I actually use the bowl end of the spoon. Like, the, oh. ba the backside of the bowl. Okay. Now, I... So, my spoon has a... It's not really a hammer. But it's like a... So, you can sit it up... You can sit it upright. It's got, like, a weighted end with a flat... Like, the disc-shaped flat thing? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, I, I'm, I am un, unqualified to whack things and I found that I really needed to whack it much harder than I had anticipated. And then I, and then I went overboard yeah. and I went too far the other way and that's when it was everywhere. So I will have something to clean up, but it, but it's ice. Yeah. Maybe the cat will lick it up. 
Uh, I would say to start off, maybe hold the ice cube. Are you using like a large ice cube, like a two by two or something like that? It's a it's a big cube, yeah. Yeah, big big cube, ample cube. Oh, you use the uh, little baby food containers, do. don't you? I do use the baby food containers. Yeah. Although so... I saw the so the site that you talked about with the tall uh, makes the tall ice makers is now making lidded ice cube trays. Oh, really? Yeah, which I I prefer because mm. it does it does keep that bad freezer taste out of your ice. Yeah, I just don't put food in that freezer. So, <laughs> well, I think I I don't think it's necessarily even because I don't the only thing I have in that in my freezer besides ice is liquor in bottles. I don't right. really have any food in there either. I I just think that the exhaust or something makes the ice, and it's not actually not the taste; it's the smell. It yeah. smells dirty. I don't I don't get that from my ice. But what I do get is evaporation. I'm drinking this way too quickly, I have to say. I'm going to drink some water. Considering it's got more booze than your last one. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it certainly does. Although I I ate lunch. I, I was careful this time. We've done this more. This is like more than a dozen of these, right? No, I mean, this, this is, is a dozen, I think. No, uh, yeah, no, this is 13. Lucky so 13. So we have to... And, and, you would think I would have learned earlier that yeah, you you should probably eat something before having three cocktails in the space of an hour. Yeah. But no, I don't. I don't generally do that because it, it, time gets away from you. You know. Time well, and to be fair, it's an hour and a half, so we're averaging a cocktail every thirty minutes, which is basically double what you're supposed to do if you're yeah. out and trying uh, to, trying to be a normal person. And I just want to mention really quickly no maybe not even really quickly so we have a new a new bar in my neighborhood i've mentioned my neighborhood before that there's way too many restaurants and bars but that doesn't mean we shouldn't have more of them so we there's a new rest a new restaurant that opened uh called nightbird the the theme being owls because i guess the chef really likes owls the front door is a giant wooden carved owl it's beautiful by the way Mm -hmm. but she had some extra space around the side down an alley and so she decided to put in a bar that basically sits like six people. Oh, it's wow. A, it's a tiny space. But, but it's, actually a separate space. It is a separate space, but it is gorgeous. I mean, they, they probably spent as much money on the bar as they did on the whole restaurant. Because the restaurant has that kind of austere, clean line thing that's very popular right now. The bar is like leather banquettes and moody... Uh, lighting and a beautiful bar and the and the lit up uh, uh, liquor bottles behind and it reminds me that uh, I kind of I like those spaces better I like the little intimate mm-hmm. like and they also did the thing where there's no sign on the bar there's literally a door on the alleyway with no sign on it and it's adjacent to the restaurant but it's i don't know that there's even a door between the bar and the restaurant i would think there would be uh-huh. but i'd basically go for the bar anyway i'm sure the restaurant's great i don't want to say anything bad about it <laughs> but i i love the idea of a tiny like a little tiny bar that you can just kind of relax in and they don't mind and it doesn't need to be a, a huge like you go into rick house which is downtown and it's mm-hmm enormous right there's like two bars and it's loud and filled with people right and this is so it's just so nice to go and sit at a bar that doesn't seat that many people and when a place is that small you're more likely to actually interact with strangers yeah it's just nice um which is kind of counterintuitive like you'd think if there were more strangers it would increase your likelihood of interacting but I, I find, at least for myself, that if there are fewer strangers, I'm way more likely to be a part of the room. Yes, and uh, there's a, 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 a Twitter guy, a local guy called the Dapper Diner, who he tweets pictures of his what he's eating and what he's drinking. And one of his big laments is what he calls the backpack crowd. He hates going to a bar where these the guys all have their work backpacks on, yep. and they're moving around and hitting you in the face with their backpack because they don't realize how big they are with their backpack. Yeah. And he's like, again, it's nice to go to a bar that's so small. It, you can't even bring your backpack in. It's too, right. it's too tiny. So I'm for more small bar. I know it's, it's probably financially like suicidal to have a small bar. It costs so much. I, to have I would property. expect so. Like it takes so much capital to initialize a bar. Like mm-hmm. to to birth a bar, that takes so much cash money. 
Oh, they were working on this place for like two years, right? It just took forever to make this place. But it, I, I am all for. I shouldn't even talk about it. I know we have a limited audience, but I don't want anyone to go there. I just want, I just want it to be for me. Well, so I don't have firsthand experience of it, but Denver has a new sort of speakeasy, and I know we've already railed against like, can we be done with the speakeasy <laughs> bars? Yes. But uh, this one seems really cool. It's called the Boys and Girls Club, and uh, it's part of a hotel. Mm-hmm. It's one of those boutique Not It's like extra boutique even compared to like an Ace Hotel or something like that. Mm-hmm. So this bar, and um, I forget the name of the restaurant, but the chef is like some TV chef celeb guy. Like he won one of the contest shows. He's out okay. of L.A., and he's opening this in Denver. And there's like the main restaurant and then one on the rooftop. And then in between there's the speakeasy bar, which judging by the photographs I've seen is just sumptuous. It's, it's fairly large. It has good space, but it's just luxurious looking. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to try it out. I, I, apparently you have to like text a phone number and like, see if you can get in. Oh no, that's all bullshit. I, yeah, I, Just let me go in. Right. Right? So, we'll see if I, I ever go. I Yeah, because that, uh, to me, I'm just going to be, I'm sort of drunk, so I'm just going to talk like a drunk. I think those places uh, attract douchebags. Right? Well, they, I, they... I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's sort of time sensitive. I think when places like that start, it attracts probably the industry people and the aficionados. And then once it gets more sort of disseminated that's when the douchebags flock and then maybe towards the end it all chills out and like it's just normal people i don't know i just feel like if if there's like some secret way to get in and you have to do something to do it then i don't know It, it it's 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 too much trouble i as you mentioned, we've talked about this before, but I just want to go in and have a nice drink and have a nice bartender. Right. And uh, I, I, I think I think the idea is it's primarily for patrons of the hotel. Like, all those people know about this bar. Right. But it's just Joe Schmo coming off the street isn't supposed to know about this bar. Mm. I don't know. So you haven't been yet? I haven't been. Um, it's It's on the far side of Denver, so I don't go to that side of Denver to drink. Ew. Ew. It's like me in Oakland. Ew. There's plenty of excellent places in Oakland, but I leave that for the Oaklanders. Right. Um, But similarly, uh, there's a different boutique hotel that's going to open, I think, next year and will feature a bar that is an offshoot of Death & Company. Mm. Oh, I read about this. And I'm super excited about that. I will be there with bells on. Yeah, I, yeah, they do it right. That's that is a that sounds good to me. I've actually met David Kaplan. He's a sweetheart of a dude, and I'm super excited for them to open something in Denver. Yeah, I you know my my if we're gonna talk like favorite bars, your favorite bar is probably the one you go to, you know, in your neighborhood the most often. And for me, that's gonna be either Two Sisters. I want to give shout out to Two Sisters. Uh, which is again a tiny little space, mm-hmm. and they open really early, which I like. Um, and it's Two Sisters Bar and Books, so they have like a little lending library. Oh, that's cute. That's adorable. Sit in. Yeah, you can. They don't. The, the point is to come in, grab a book, read it, have a cocktail, settle. Nothing gets rushed. They have a small food menu, like dynamite deviled eggs. Mm. Uh, and they also do these, they do their own potato chips and they do a, a, an onion dip, but they, it's not like, you know, it's not like Lipton onion dip. Like they oh yeah no. cook the onions and make the onion dip. Well, so yeah, similarly, my every Saturday bar is called Rhino Yacht Club. I know I've mentioned it before, but it's in this sort of center space of this uh, renovated iron foundry, which has stores and restaurants but in the center space is this bar, and that's where I hang out every Saturday. And they've recently started doing food, and it's similar stuff. It's raw bar, it's oysters, and you know, amazing shrimp cocktail. Mm. And 
potato chips with a shallot dip that is so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Super satisfying. Spicy peanuts. Like it's it's really you know I hate to hate hate to use the sort of bougie word, but it's elevated bar food. And yeah, no, I completely agree. So the uh, and then I also like the bars that own like in a re- a bar in a restaurant that has food at the bar like they tend to do like the burgers only available at the bar kind of thing oh yeah that's always good always good so again in my neighborhood uh there's a restaurant that's been around a while rich table and they closed for renovations they expanded the kitchen it's not a very big space but kudos to them (laughs) and now they do a burger at the bar which is i haven't had it yet but i've seen it and it looks dynamite. I really need to go. Mm. I love a good burger. Especially a bar burger, I'll be honest. Like that's my every Friday is I go to the bar that's in the restaurant basically kitty corner across from my office. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at this point they all know my name and they gave me a t shirt and all this stuff. <laughs> that's good. And, and you get the burger. And I usually either get the burger or the chicken salad sandwich, which is amazing. Do they put grapes in it? Uh, they, I think no. They they use a cherry sort of compote mm. thing. But you need some like little sweetness, a little I fruit like to it. Yeah. Yes. Does you get the savory and the sweet? Here it's generally it's generally grapes because mm-hmm. I guess you know we're in the Napa Valley, whatever. And it it's oh man, now I want one. <laughs> I, love, I love a good chicken salad sandwich. Well, and you're eggs, wearing eggs. your uh, Whitechapel t-shirt right now. I am. Here it is. Which Re- I know I've... Represent. I've, I've been, a, I've been a critical in the past, but I'm sold now. I, I really do enjoy it. I, I think it's, it's, it's died down a bit, so uh, it's easier to get in. And the, Isn't it huge, though? It is. It's an ample... It's not... It's not like... Well, I guess it is big. You know, it, it doesn't feel big when you're in it, because they've got a lot of uh, they've got a lot of different spaces. So it's, they, it's, it's separate rooms, off. right? Like, yeah, yeah. So it so you don't get overwhelmed. It doesn't get too loud. Um, they really have figured out. You always feel well served. You're you're never sitting there with an empty drink for very long, and and they know the menu, which is ample. Um, but they can recommend stuff, or they have their favorites, and they, they you know... They now, is that the place where time. every server is a bartender, or is that a different place? That's ABV, I think. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think Whitechapel has definitely people behind the bar and people in front of the bar. Maybe they're... Maybe they switch off, I don't know, but I know that ABV does both, which is another... Which I haven't been back to in a while, which is also great over in the mission. <laughs> the show notes for this show are just going to be like... A tour guide for too too many bars. There's too <laughs> many good bars, and we're opening more. They're always this, this. It's a great time to be a drunk. Well, I mean, you've or got a home all, drunk. You you've got all the rich tech bros, so mm-hmm. why not open more bars? I will say that it it it's a it's a good thing you're drunk when you leave because it is a bit of a sticker shock. I mean, the the cocktails here range around 12 to 14 dollars each if you're if you're getting on you know the menu yeah i would say for um, denver it's more like 10 to 12 it's and, pretty rare and, that we get like 14 dollar cocktails around here it you don't even blink anymore here it, it, it's just kind of the norm if you if you want to get a beer then get a beer but yeah a, a, a cocktail if it's on the menu and it's like specialty of the house kind of thing i would say 14 is probably average 16 is where we're headed it's just insanely expensive to yeah. get any space here. I, I, I would, I would say for cocktails, the expected price is probably $10. And, like, most people don't blink at $12. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like, happy hour, if you can find a $6 happy hour cocktail, you're pretty excited. It's, it is really easy here if there's, like, three or four of you and you had a couple cocktails each and maybe something to nosh on to walk out with 100, 100 bucks. Yeah. Just, you know, oh, yeah. really easily. Well, um, Heather and I go to the Yacht Club and we get the homie discount, mm-hmm. which is nice. That's very nice. Like, we're obviously regulars there and that's cool. They give us a, I think it's maybe 10% or something like that. Sure. Which, which is great. 
I, yep. I, I, what I, what I love is looking at every line item and it says homie discount, a dollar 60 homie <laughs> discount. You know, that's great. And I'm, I'm proud to have earned that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like we walk out of there spending well over a hundred dollars because we get the food from the raw bar. Yeah. Um, just yesterday, the chef, Theo Adley, was making a durian fruit Ugh. curry. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, and I'm totally on board with your reaction, but it was excellent. Okay. Like, he managed to make it okay. <laughs> but why even try? I mean, there's well, so many fruits Well, he was challenged. It was, part of, right. it was part of a fundraiser thing for Kids Hunger, but, uh, yeah, it... So he was challenged with durian fruit, and he was like, yeah, that's awesome. And he made this amazing curry, and it had a giant prawn, like a foot-long prawn. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, you can't call them shrimp anymore. Not, not that big. No. And uh, it was all delicious, except I, we did have, Heather and I both experienced durian fruit burps. Oh. So not so good there. but I bet not. I'm I'm already researching daiquiri number three here. I want I'm wondering about the coffee daiquiri, uh, which I need to find again. Oh, so I'm going to do something. I had this planned out, and it's it's on the link that I sent you in Slack. If you've seen that, uh, six daiquiri recipes for National Daiquiri Day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do one called the Brooklynite. Uh, let me look that up. Let uh, me see that it that one calls for Jamaican rum. So at least I won't be screwing that part up. And it's uh, Jamaican rum, lime juice, and honey syrup, which I made sure to make some honey syrup. I was going to say, I'm not a honey fan, frankly. I actually like honey quite a bit, yeah. Okay, I'm looking at mine. It says uh, Appleton Estate Jamaica rum, which I have. Lime juice. That's the one we were talking about. Appleton Estate, right? Yeah, they're saying Tia Maria. But I have um, Kahlua. I think sure. that's... Is that, is that okay? Yeah, totally. And then they're saying brown sugar syrup. Um, I, don't, I don't have that. Yeah. I guess I could add some brown sugar to my shaker. Why not? I'm drunk. Who cares? <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I've got brown sugar. I don't, I don't want to make syrup. No. I mean... A uh, drink. All right. I'm, so my next one is going to be a coffee daiquiri well just do a little uh water on the brown sugar just to start oh and this is this is from clyde common oh so morgenthaler ding uh this is actually junior ryan okay oh man yeah. is, isn't but, clyde common morgenthaler's bar then? i believe it is yes yeah but he's too busy now he's got books to write oh, he's all, all fancy that, all that shilling he's got to do Sh- shooting youtube videos making fun of everybody Yes, everybody's an idiot but him. We should have him on the show. <laughs> so I can say that. Say that to his face. <laughs> All right. Uh, number three. Here we go. All right. All right. This took a little longer than normal. I'm not. So I knew I had a bottle of Kahlua. I just didn't know where it was. <laughs> but I did find it. I can't imagine where you have all these bottles stashed because you live in a tiny San Francisco apartment. Ooh, I like this. Okay. I was wondering how it would all work, but it does. So run me through it again. So this is an ounce and a half of Appleton rum. Okay. Three quarter each of fresh lime and any coffee flavored liqueur. I used Kahlua. They recommend Tia Maria. Uh, and then a half ounce of what they're calling brown sugar syrup. I used uh, simple syrup with, and I added a little brown sugar to it mm-hmm. in the shake. Um, and the the interesting thing is the coffee is more of a it's more of a a hint than it is a flavor. Sure, like you can smell it as you lift the glass to your face, and then. Initially, it just tastes like a daiquiri. You get a lot of the rum and a lot of the lime. The coffee comes in the back in the backside. Interesting. So the Brooklynite is a recipe I got from imbibe.com. 
apparently it's listed in both the Bartender's Guide by Trader Vic and the, mm. and the Stork Club Bar Book. So it's a known recipe, but it's not popular, I guess. But it specifies Jamaican rum, so that let me use my fancy dancy, <laughs> which is the official name for it. 12, uh-huh. 12 year aged Grand Cru Jamaican rum. Oh my god. It's a big drink, too. Hmm. Right at a small glass. That's my normal coupe. All right. Um, so this is two ounces Jamaican rum, half an ounce fresh lime juice, which, pro tip, um, if you happen to have one of those lever arm juicers, which I do. And I don't. Um, you don't need to cut the limes in half and then juice each half. All you need to do is cut the end off the lime and make a little crosshatch cut on the end. And the whole thing will split open as you press with the lever arm. It's great. Wow. That's a time saver. And then, for the drink, the Brooklynite, uh, the last ingredient is half an ounce of honey syrup, one to one. And that it all works together. It's delicious. I can't really say I pick up on the honey at all. Would you, so, rather than do it like a traditional classic daiquiri, would you, of, of, of the alternates that you've done, what was your favorite? Um, I'm actually really interested to do a correct daiquiri number three with the maraschino, because mm. I feel like that would really brighten it up more than the uh, Pomplamoose liqueur did. Mm-hmm. Um, but of the three I made, which were all garbage, apparently, because they weren't made with <laughs> Cuban white rum. God damn it, Cuba. Get on the stick. Uh, I kind of liked the first one the most. And the feedback from my wife was she liked the second one the most. She's crazy about uh, grapefruit flavors. So. We really need to get somebody who knows rum on the show because not like we don't really know rum, and I don't know any uh, other than like what's this dude over at Smugglers who's obviously way into rum. Right. Nobody I know is really into rum. I have. So, well, this is probably the third or fourth time I mentioned it on the podcast, but I have two different bartenders in Denver that are basically training me up on rum. But what have you learned, Jake? Like you're you're making these drinks today. These are all rum drinks. Yeah. Are you are you are you buying? So you I know you bought the pineapple rum because you tasted it at one of the bars. Well, and I've been buying that because it's fantastic. <laughs> the plantation Stiggins extra fancy pineapple infused rum is just amazing, and that's a collaboration with David Wondrich based on some ancient recipe. Chinese secret. Yeah. And it just—it's new-ish, right? It's a couple years old, yeah. Uh, it's a and a, it's a beautiful bottle and a beautiful label. It's quite lovely. Um, and do you know whether this is based on an old recipe or is this just something that they like? You know, what would be good is if we put pineapple in it. No, they absolutely dug up something from historical documents, and the back label has just. The density of text on the back label is astounding. And you're just going to read that. You're just going to yeah, drink it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, turns out it's delicious. I'm too drunk to read. Sorry. Oh, so they have a, they have a bunch of different rums, I guess. Plantation? I'm at the, the Plantation site. Yeah. So they've got many, many rums. They've got like seven, 11, 16 rums. Oh, my God. Yeah. Sign, signature blends, vintages. And the rums are so the so the main rum the vintages are from different islands in the Caribbean as well as Panama, which is not an island. I know this, or at least I used to because I'm I graduated high school. <laughs> and then the signature blends, which are aged a variety of years, and then the bar classics. Also, uh, I'm pretty sure both the Rhino Yacht Club, which I just mentioned, is my Saturday bar. Um, and another favorite of mine called Finn's Manor, they both got private label plantation rums. Like they selected a barrel and that was theirs and they got the bottles and Mm -hmm. so that's a thing that plantation also does. 
They have single cask rums that you can buy as well. Um, yeah, they're all over the place. No, they're do- they're doing a hell of a job. Yeah, again, I need to know more about rums. I don't know that I need like I just bought two more gins. I bought this rum. I bought oh, by the way, if you haven't had the 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 coffee still uh Japanese malted from uh, Nika? Yes, have you had yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. Holy cow, that stuff is good. Oh. Oh my god. We should we should have a show with Japanese whiskeys because yeah. Japanese whiskey is one of my favorites. Unfortunately, their price point has accelerated. Yeah, but man, that is a that is a damn nice little glass of deliciousness. Uh, and yeah, it it was like seventy bucks. Yeah, I I those are sippers for me. Like I don't mix those at all. No, 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 no. Although I have had a uh, pl- a variation of the uh, Bobby Burns cocktail with uh, the hibiki, mm-hmm. which was fucking awesome. I, you know, so we have a Japanese whiskey bar here. Oh, why don't you live there? I don't. Well, I've I've been a couple of times, and the danger is that you just keep drinking and. <laughs> You walk out. You don't even walk out. You you kind of roll out. <laughs> um, but the they have so many. It's it's almost mind like your brain sizzles. You can't figure out. And you and so you, you ask them, what you know? What do I? Here, here's what I like. What should I get? And they're all like you said. They're all really good. Right. They're doing. Some of them are weird. I will give you that. Some of them are weird. Weird? I'm not sure weird. I've had any weird Japanese whiskeys. Well, it's it's like um well, you know how some people say they when they when they drink scotch it's like it has iodine or bandage or, you know, weird right flavor profile. It's that kind of thing except it's like this is like burnt acetate. It's like the smell of cellophane tape. It's oh, like weird. It is really weird. I have I don't, I can't say I've experienced that. Yeah. So now, well, you when you come here, we will go to the Japanese whiskey bar, which I think is called Nihon. Uh-huh. Uh and which, which we'll say translates to Japan. Whiskey. Does it? Yes. That's perfect. <laughs> and we'll say we want something weird. We have good interesting we it's not weird it's weird to say you have an interesting palate. Our palates like interesting things. And, we we have uh, sophisticated palates is what you're supposed to tell and, people. Yeah, I, I I've had all the whiskey. I want something that's surprising and different. So, looking at the plantation site, I'm really interested in their bar classics mm-hmm. category because there is a silver rum, the plantation three stars, that just looks like water, but <laughs> plantation. I bet, it, I bet it's not. Plantation does such a good job. That I'm really interested. So this is a blend of three rums. You have Trinidad, Barbados, and Jamaica. And it's crystal clear. And I kind of want to try it. So where are you picking these up? Because there's no links on the site to like, oh, buy our rums. Are you? Do you special order them? Or are they just you can just go pick them up somewhere? So the Rhino Yacht Club is next door to but legally totally unaffiliated with the proper pour, which is a bottle shop at the source in Denver. <laughs> Why do you say legally? Because you cannot have a liquor store and a bar be associated with each other. America's stupid. It, that's a Colorado rule, I think. Oh, all right. But uh, Colorado's stupid, too. <laughs> but you get, you get all the weed you want. That's okay. Yeah, but even that's weird. And I don't like weed. I don't take grass. <laughs> Taking the grass. Basically, the wife owns the bar, the husband owns the bottle shop, mm-hmm. and they work for each other. Like, Mary always works the bottle shop, and McLean always works the bar. Okay. So anything fancy that's at the bar is probably available for sale in the bottle shop. Okay. So I find all kinds of really interesting stuff there. Like this. And so they'll special order it, I guess. Well, I mean, they just are really aggressive at sourcing 
interesting stuff. We've got we have a lot of nice liquor stores here. We've got the Jug Shop, we've got KNL, we've got Cask, right. and then we've got the Scotch store on Post, which also sells kilts <laughs> ha- happily if you want. Sure. But to our listeners, I would I would I would advise trying KNL first because as I said, their new their new site literal site not their website but their warehouse is gigantic but they but their site is also good because it tells you how many bottles of anything they have available well i was just going to mention like the knl recommendation applies across the board Mm. i just went there and did some online shopping because you showed me some crazy australian gin oh it's so good and knl has it and they do online ordering and their prices are actually really good. They are really good. And if so if you're in the city, drop in there as well because their recommendations about stuff, I've never been disappointed. They they really do a good job of understanding like if you like like they're the Amazon of liquor. If you like these things, you'll <laughs> like these things. And as, as I said, now that they're in that bigger space, the the repertoire has expanded greatly. It's not primarily wine anymore although there's gobs of wine if you're into wine they they got it from they got south africa they got australian they got argentina they got it they got all the wine um and as well as the uh the 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 really nice ice wine uh from i think romania ice wine uh ice wine um but yeah and and the my secondary recommendation would be Cask, which is run by the uh, Bourbon and Branch people. They're in a small space, but if you live here, they will do special orders of anything. So if you if you need something, mm. as long as obviously it's legally available in the United States, they can bring it in. Right. Um, and so I've I've gotten some things from them, and they do a good job of following up and let you know when it's in. And it probably takes a couple of weeks, but that's fine. Um, Jug shop uh, will also deliver to your home, <laughs> <laughs> so that's that is also a plus. Sure, if you need something right now. If you need like forty pounds of ice, they'll do that. If if you're cultivating that uh, Howard Hughes aesthetic, mm-hmm. and need... if you need a, a liter of Hendrix, yeah, there it is. No, I'm I'm really excited about my uh, first online shopping experience at KNL Wines. Just because, like, they had the uh, Cafe Mazzotti Aperitivo that I've never even heard of. Mm-hmm. And it's a liter for $19. And this is a, a, an, it's, it's a Campari analog, as far as I can tell. So mm-hmm. I'm s- super curious to try that in my Negronis. I'm, I'm very excited. 